0: You're listening to Sex with Emily, a talk show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Check us out online, sexwithemily.com.
1: If you love sex with Emily and love sex, go to adameve.com slash Emily and you'll get 50% off just about any item, like toys, erotic DVDs, lubes, and more. Go to adameve.com slash Emily and get 50% off one item, adameve.com slash Emily. Sex eyes that mock our sacred institutions,
2: bedroom eyes, they call them. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got
1: to have her
0: standards.
2: Oh, my. The women know about shrinkage?
1: Isn't it common knowledge? What do you
0: mean, like laundry? It shrinks?
1: Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me?
0: Hello, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. I'm Emily, and you're about to hear an interview I did with Julie, the vagina lady. You can check her out at vaginalady.com. And for more Sex with Emily, you can check out our podcasts, videos, and blog at sexwithemily.com. Hi, Emily. Nice to be here. Hi, Julie. Thanks for coming. We found the Vagina Lady. Um, sorry, your MySpace page and your, your blog and your photos. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did, how did you become the Vagina Lady? Because there's a lot of vaginas out there. How are you the Vagina Lady? There are, in fact, billions of vaginas out there. Billions. Um, not that mine
1: is any better or <laughs> different from anyone else's, but I'm trying to champion the cause um, artistically and especially on the Internet. I've built my little Internet empire dedicated to vagina art and the increased sexual awareness. It's certainly not a pornographic thing. I think the vagina is a beautiful thing, but my work isn't photographic or pornographic in any way. It's just a feminist endeavor to make people more aware of their bodies, sexual health, sexual
0: satisfaction. Okay, so you obviously, you've devoted your life to this. Did you feel that there was a need out there and that you know that the vagina people just don't get the vagina it's misunderstood how did this come about well it certainly
1: is misunderstood and not spoken of frequently um i've been involved in sexual health education for years my older sister actually became a midwife and that was when i made my first piece of vagina art for her And the popular response was overwhelming. I mean, people loved it. Even these totally square people who I would not think would be into it. I make lots of little, they're, you know, fluffy upholstered things, um... And anyhow, people loved it, so I started making more. And then one Halloween, I decided to make a costume. And that, that was the end of the story. I mean, there is no more attention-getting
0: outfit a girl can put on than a vagina, than a vagina costume. What was your coming-out vagina costume?
1: It was, you know, similar to my current costume. It was about, oh, I don't know, I'd say a, a three-foot-large vagina, you know, with outer labia, a flesh-colored and bright pink inner labia. And always, when I make a costume, my face is the clitoris. There's a little hood that comes down over my head. But you know, look into my eyes. This is where the action's at. <laughs> I love it. So I wore it Mm -hmm. to Halloween in the Castro, and oh my goodness, I mean, everybody loved me there. And I had not, in fact, decided on the name Vagina Lady, but people kept calling me that. There's that vagina girl, that vagina lady. Exactly. So the next day, I was like, I wonder if that domain name is available, and what do you know it was? So I am the Vagina Lady. You are. And how long ago did you uh, start
0: the Vagina Lady?
1: Oh, that was about five years ago now, and since then, I go out to a lot of major San Francisco events in my costumes and continue to get lots of attention. Like a- and I'm not looking to make people uncomfortable with my costume either. So you know, I don't go to Sunday school events, right. for example. But if it's gay pride, if yes. it's beta breakers, if it's Halloween, if it's the Love Fest, I mean this is San Francisco. There's no shortage of crazy costume events.
0: A lot of friends I have here they have they actually have costume closets, wings of their house. Why do you think the vagina is so misunderstood or uh, taboo? Because people never
1: talk about it. It's something that we've been trained to not talk about. It's maybe a little dirty. Maybe there's something bad about it. Certainly it's kind of mysterious, and it's very private. It's your thing, and so shh, don't talk about it. Do you think the penis has the same issues? Well, to a certain extent, it certainly does, but not quite to the same extent, No. I think that women are raised to a large extent in our society to have a certain shame in their vaginas. I don't think that men experience the same thing unless perhaps
0: they have a small penis and, you know, God forbid that happened. God forbid. We just brought up two things that we will get to. We're going to talk about smell and we're going to talk about vaginal reconstruction as far and penis size, too. We can throw Absolutely. that Absolutely. I agree. I mean, it is more of a taboo growing up and... Do you think by doing your work and things like the vagina monologues, I mean, they're saying it on TV, Vagina, do you think it really is changing as far as how women are feeling about it and men? Well, of course,
1: I think it's really changing. I'm not pretending to be an unbiased observer here, but I feel like I've had women come up to me and tell me that my work has made them feel more comfortable about their bodies and their vaginas. In fact, one of the most moving experiences I've had as an artist, and it was fairly early on in my career, One of the first times I was showing my work, an older woman came over. She was probably in her 60s. And she said to me, you know, honey, I love these. I love what you're doing. She paused for a moment. She pointed to the clitoris on one of my pieces. And she said, but what's that? Oh my goodness. I mean, it was like a door opened and I happened to have a book with me. So I pulled out, you know, the book and showed her a diagram and explained that that's the clitoris. And she looked at me wide eyed and said, so that's what that thing is. And that was such an influential moment for me where I really was like, oh my goodness, I am making the world a better place if I just taught a 65 year old woman what her clitoris is.
0: How about education now with, with changing sex education around taking out the shame.
1: I would hope so to a certain extent. I actually have um, a cousin who's in her early teens and her friends actually really appreciate my artwork. I like that a lot. I was at Beta Breakers this past year wearing my bright pink costume and a little girl who I walked by tugged at her mother's sleeve and she said, mommy, mommy, look, it's a princess. And I thought, that's great. She can't tell exactly what it is, but I definitely want it to look
0: princess-like because, hello, it is. I'm going to talk about vaginal reconstruction. I was looking through your site. You have all the vagina information you mean you could ever want. There's lots of links, lots of important information. And one of the things that we've been... I get a lot of letters about this and emails. Just in the last few years, it's everywhere. Dr. nine two one what is the deal with that? Who's doing it? What's it about? Yep, labioplasty is becoming a big business.
1: Um, I, I have to say I object to the term vaginal reconstructive surgery. Now, if a woman has been in a horrible accident, or if we're talking about a transsexual, then that is perhaps a valid term. A woman who was born with a fully functioning vagina doesn't need it to be reconstructed. Now, she may choose, and increasingly these days she is choosing, to have cosmetic
0: labioplasty, but there's nothing medically necessary about that. Nothing at all. Sometimes, though, I would think, like, there's some problems they have with orgasm after having giving birth. There's issues. There
1: are certainly medical cases where a woman may require vagina surgery. Certainly, um, victims of female genital mutilation may require surgery to right. correct those problems. But to a large extent, that's not what we're talking about here. When we're talking about Dr. 90210, we're talking about women who are made to feel that their labia are ugly. The primary issue going on here is women whose inner labia extend past their outer labia Mm -hmm. and or women whose labia are not symmetrical. Now, apparently, this is absolutely disgusting, appalling, just a gross societal trend that we must do everything in our power to reverse. I would disagree with that standpoint, but that's what a lot of people are selling these days.
0: So it's like a chicken and egg thing where women, you know, what came first were women saying, God, I hate my vagina. or guys going, you know, you don't look like the porn star I'm watching right here. You know, you don't look like the stripper or whatever it is. Like, oh, what do you think it's- To me, there's no chicken
1: and egg. To me, women would feel fine about their vaginas if they weren't getting negative feedback from men. And the fact of the matter is in today's society of pornography, yeah, men expect the porn vagina. That's become fairly standard in a lot of men's minds. Now, to a degree, that's not even the fault of those men. They probably don't even realize they that they've been know. inundated by these images. Exactly. But it is also their responsibility to realize that not every woman's vagina is going to look like that. Particularly if she's not white, if she
0: doesn't shave, that sort of thing. So it is cosmetic. So a lot of women are, are saying, you know, I don't like the way it looks, or my boyfriend didn't like it, but is there any anything else around that? Like, there's, you know, after I had a baby, I felt like I was too loose. You know, I want to be tighter, or I mean, is there any? What have you heard? Have you heard success stories, negative stories? Well, I personally haven't heard success stories. Nothing. Don't I'm believe me. Look who I'm talking now. Um, There's no such thing as a successful. I
1: mean, vagina. the fact <laughs> of the matter is, yes, a woman's vagina will often be looser if she's had a baby. Uh, the fact of the matter is, Kegel exercises are a great way to deal with that.
0: Kegel exercises are like like the push up. You know, push ups are good for your like things. Certain things you can do. They help with orgasm. They're great with. in all kinds of ways. They help with incontinence right. if, you know, you're having urinary
1: incontinence exactly. after child's birth. And they're easy. I mean, heck, we could both be doing them right now. I was. Were
0: you? <laughs> I couldn't help it. You're sitting yeah, here. I'm like, I've got to do my exercises. <laughs> That's actually a good mission right there. You know, strengthen your muscles. You have more powerful. How, would you, how do you do it? How do you do one? Can you describe it? Well, some people might not know. Uh, it's the uh, muscle that you use when
1: you stop yourself peeing. If you imagine that you were peeing and you stop mid-flow. However, it's not actually really good for you to do it while you're actually peeing. So it's best to do it, you
0: know, when you're just, for example, sitting around doing a radio interview. So let's get to another big um, issue with vaginas these days. The smell of the vagina. Ah, smell. Yes. Timeless issue there. Sometimes there are some odors.
1: Well, okay, yes. Your vagina is not supposed to smell like roses. It is supposed to smell like a vagina. Yeah, so guess what, it's gonna smell like pussy. Deal with it. Now, it's not supposed to smell like rotten fish, and you know what, a healthy vagina doesn't. An unhealthy vagina might. If a vagina smells really, really bad, get thee to a doctor, tooth sweet, because something could be wrong with it. And even men should realize with partners that if there is something terribly wrong with the smell, then that's a health issue that should be addressed. Beyond that, there's a natural musk that women are going to have, and um, frankly, if you can't deal with that smell, then you probably shouldn't be having sexual interactions with the vagina.
0: Okay. Hear that,
1: everyone? But there's no shortage of products and companies wanting to sell you... they're not
0: good for you. A scent-free vagina.
1: Yeah. No. It doesn't tend to actually be good for your
0: vagina. Right. Be very careful what you put in your vagina. Everybody. Okay, this is Emily. You're listening to Sex with Emily. I am talking to Julie, the Vagina Lady. Hi, Hi Julie. Thanks for being here, Julie. Let's get back to. We were just talking about smell. There's a lot of shame, and you know, around. I think that the smell, or women are told that they, in little girls, it has to smell differently. But I mean, there are a lot of things that can affect the smell. Let's say semen, Certainly. or different kinds of condoms or lube.
1: There's much that can affect a woman's smell. I mean, women start out with different smells to begin with, and some women will have a naturally stronger smell than other women. What you eat also will make a difference. Um, I'm not sure if it's true. I haven't done, you know, in the field research, but vegetarians claim that vegetarians taste sweeter.
0: I've heard that as well. I've heard that, but I have a friend, though. He was dating a woman who was like a health nut, and she was like vegan and had like a million vitamins a day, and he's like, I didn't like the way she tasted. He's like, she... She, t- she tastes like vitamins, so you never know.
1: Well, certainly, you know, what you eat will come out in who you are. and Cheeseburgers. Yeah, but, but beyond you like that, there's also pheromones, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you like what's down there, and maybe you don't. And to a degree, it's just this sort of, like, primal animal thing that
0: you don't really have control over. Well, I have a question for you, Julie. What do you think, if a man could ask a vagina one question, what do you think it would be?
1: What do I do to get in there?
0: (laughs) Now, of course, that's not going to be true for
1: all men, gay men especially. Um, But I think to a large extent, um, men, straight men at least, have given the vagina this mythical power because, frankly, they're so interested in it. They want a piece of it. They don't quite know how to get it, so it takes on this otherworldly status almost.
0: Well, it does have mythical power, too, I mean, if you go you know, back to, you know, every... The, you know, as you Oh, know, certainly, the life-giving way. power. Even a gay man can appreciate that. If a woman could talk to her vagina, what do you think she would ask her?
1: Is there anything wrong with you? I think that is the paranoia that so many women, at least in our culture, have about their vaginas. And all it takes is one thoughtless comment from a male partner when you were 15 about tuna fish. And a woman will be self-conscious about her vagina for the rest of her life. And that's what I'm here
0: to counteract. It's a good, strong mission. Let's talk about masturbation. Let's say a woman who's never had an orgasm. What could you teach them up with their vagina, maybe? What would you tell a woman who's like, I've never had an orgasm?
1: Well, I'd like to emphasize that I'm not Betty Dodson. I'm not a professional orgasm coach right. or what have you. But to that woman who's never had an orgasm, I would want to suggest to her that There's nothing wrong with her vagina, and there's nothing wrong with her trying to explore it herself. She shouldn't put too much pressure on herself. I mean, if you've never done it before, you might not get results the first time. But I'd like to take away the shame of the vagina in all its ways, and masturbation is certainly included in that category.
0: Right. Just play with your Yeah, don't make it a whole, I got to masturbate now. You know, just explore. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, it's, it's yours. It's there for you. What do you think about the trends in grooming with women and their bikini lines? Well, I think a woman should be free to groom herself however she wants.
1: It does seem like current trends might be a little heavy on the taking it all off. It's a woman's choice. Uh, if she is into a Brazilian go for it however i don't think she should be getting a brazilian because he told okay just
0: like everything with sex do it because you want to and it feels good
1: there was a great quote from tina fey on saturday night live not long ago and she said something about how time was when a lady garden was as big as a piece of new york pizza pie and now everyone's just got these tiny skinny little sideways john waters mustaches and i have to agree i think the landing strip looks kind
0: of stupid but whatever it's a woman's choice when you make your art, do people know right away? Like when you handed I me, mean, I know you're the vagina lady. And when you handed me, your the vagina art piece that you gave me. You can't tell right away, right? With everything, they're kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. What's you can't
1: exactly tell. I'm not going for strict realism. I like to interpret it in a Barbie pink sort of way with lace to suggest pubic hair and that sort of thing. Um, Where my vagina Most at? people do know what it is. Uh, most oh, cool. people recognize oh, the there. costume oh, fairly here. quickly. Okay. I get it after they do.
0: What was your first piece? What was it?
1: Uh, the first piece that I ever made was actually an interactive vagina pillow uh, that you could put your hand inside. It was uh, it was lots of fun, and people definitely enjoyed the interactive aspect of it, which I've actually continued. My current costume is in fact interactive. You can reach inside, and I normally, when I go out, I keep Hershey kisses inside. <laughs>
0: very sweet, the sweet the honeypot, the actual (laughs) chocolate. You have a thousand euphemisms for vagina on your Oh, oh, more than that. that.
1: They've been around for a long time. I could talk for hours. The word vagina, um, I believe it's from the 15th century. It's really not a very old word. And the remarkable thing is, is before that, there wasn't really a word, like a medical word to describe the lady parts. No, there was nothing. What would they say? well perhaps they would call them the lady parts or her honey pot or her dirty flower or whatever the euphemism of the time was um i in fact well i'm a little biased here but i love the word vagina and part of it is because it is a somewhat medical term it's somewhat formal and official and In that way, it's free of the connotations that so many of the euphemisms get. Mm -hmm. And the euphemisms themselves tend to fall into a few different categories, you know, words for desserts or other sweets, um, words for animals, particularly kittens or cats, Mm -hmm. um, words about dirtiness, words about smell, words about meat.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's lots of different categories. So, I mean, an interesting, how did you feel about the whole, you know, vagina monologue? I mean, wasn't it when it first started, they couldn't say it, they pulled ads, they couldn't say it on the radio or TV? God
1: bless Eve Ensler for bringing that word out of the closet. I mean, people really did not say the word vagina, particularly in the media before that. Never. And it was really remarkable from a linguistic perspective alone, how the media was forced to confront the issue of the word vagina. And you know some media outlets actually tried to not say it, which is so ridiculous. But for the most part, people got comfortable saying it. And it's remarkable if you pay attention to the media now, certainly I notice when I hear the word vagina on TV, you hear that word on TV kind of like all the time these days. And you never used to. But whether you're watching The Daily Show or a reality show, people just throw it around. And I think it's fantastic.
0: Vagina lady, what is your top turn-on?
1: Oh, for me, I'm going to have to give it to the neck. Touch my neck, and I'm, like, dead in the water. What is good sex? Um, Sex where you're actually both really comfortable with each other. That's kind of corny, but that's what does it for me. What's bad sex? The kind where you're afraid to look into each other's eyes.
0: What's your top turn-off, vagina lady?
1: Oh, that whole like adolescent peer pressure for sex kind of thing what
0: what is up with that aren't we adults now and what is the sexiest word to you hmm that's a good one. Oh, that's a that's good one like a moan but no
1: yeah i am i'm really not sure i can't say vagina really um a word that's near and dear to my heart but it's particularly unsexy
0: <laughs> i like to
1: mmm
2: i like the way you said that yeah Actually, i'll
1: take that i'll take that as my
2: favorite if i can <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. I need to tell you about one of the great companies that's keeping our show free for our listeners. Max for Men. That's Max, the number four. Men is a product line all about maximizing male pleasure, performance, and attraction. So basically everything men want but can't figure out how to get. One of their most popular products is the Max Arousal Pleasure Gel. It has ingredients known to arouse the penis and increase male libido, maximizing your pleasure during sex or masturbation. If you want to get the Max Arousal Pleasure Gel or any of their other amazing products, go to maxformen.com. That's the number four. And use coupon code EMILY25 for 25% off anything at Max for Men. That's coupon code emily twenty five. For 25% off anything at maxformen.com. Or you can visit sexwithemily.com and get all the info you need there for better sex.